This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and of course, I didn't do a show last week. Those of you who are regular listeners will know uh, why I didn't. I went to California last weekend, uh, and if you listen to the last show that I did a couple weeks ago, you will know why. Uh, but I'm going to recap why I went to um, California, and also I should warn you: if you are the type that doesn't like to hear stories about someone's vacation. This particular episode of Dimland Radio may not be for you. Uh, <clears throat> I will try to include Dimland Radioisms throughout the show, and I will hopefully encapsulate the trip in uh, interesting segments uh, throughout this. I've, I've, I've thought about it through the week and how I'm going to present this to you, and hopefully I've come up with something interesting. Uh, but again, it's a warning. I'm going to tell you about the trip. There will be a little skepticism that will pop into it. Uh, and also, I should mention, uh, since this is the last weekend of June, and we are hard upon uh, July 4th, which is the Independence Celebration for the United States, don't be surprised if you hear a bang or two outside, because uh, you know, usually a couple weeks before the fourth and a couple weeks after the fourth, you have we have neighbors sending off fireworks, the illegal kind here in Minnesota, but they're pretty cool. <laughs> I wouldn't do it because it's got to be a ton of money. But just uh, just know that you might the show might be punctuated once in a while with one of those sounds. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> I went out to California, California, to meet. A couple of friends that I've been friends with for about 10 years or so uh, on the internet. Um, uh, Douglas and Michael, uh, they are fellows that, uh, that we've, we've, uh, I've chatted with through Facebook and through Skype. Uh, we've recorded podcasts together. And uh, Michael, who lives out in California, uh, near a town called Placerville, California, which is about a 45-minute drive west of Sacramento. It's in northernish California. I suppose it can be considered northern California. And um, uh, so he he had this idea uh, some months ago that um, it would be fun to get the guys that uh, contribute to Douglas's podcast, uh, Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. Uh, to get them all together, as many as that he as could make it out there, together for a weekend at his place, uh, and the particular weekend he wanted us to show up to was uh, special because it was the annual Placerville Bell Tower Brewfest or Placerville Brewfest. I don't know if Bell Tower is necessarily part of the title, but sometimes it is, and um, and so he thought that would be an excellent opportunity to. Get the guys together. Well, Douglas and I were able to do that. Now, um, Amy, my wife, thought it was a good idea for me to go, but she was a slightly trepidatious, I think that's the word, because she said, um, essentially, uh, how do you know these guys aren't serial killers? <laughs> Can you trust them? <laughs> uh, they're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be murdered, are you? I said, yeah, they're, they're fine. And the uh, uh, Michael's uh, girlfriend, Missy, 
have the same concerns that she voiced to Michael about Douglas and I coming out. How do you know those, these two aren't serial killers? <laughs> so that, that sort of became a theme of the weekend. Not, not the main theme, but a theme of the weekend. A, a motif, if you will. Uh, the idea of, of some serial killing being done came up from time to time. Uh, okay, so that's why we were going to go out to do that. Uh, I also talked about the last time I had a little concern about flying because my ears freak out under the pressurized cabin thing that happens. And I talked about the Valsalva maneuver and chewing gum and yawning and, and swallowing and all that dirty stuff to help keep the ears okay. I can tell you that the ears did pretty well, uh, especially on the way out. Uh, when I got there, I, my ears didn't bother me. Um, not much. I mean, I felt the pressure in them and the slight twinge of pain, a little bit, not too bad. But they didn't plug up on me once I was down on the ground, and I was fine for the days I was there. However, on the way back, uh, coming down into, and I guess the main, at least for me, is when you descend. And that's when it really bugs my ears. So when we came back to the Twin Cities, when I came back... I'm doing the Valsalva maneuver. I'm chewing gum, yawning, swallowing, spitting, you know, whatever you got to do. Well, now no spitting. Um, doing that when coming down to land. And little pain, not too bad. Little plugging, and my right ear plugged up. Not fully, but it was plugged, you know, partially plugged. And today being Friday when I record this, got back on Monday morning. Just so it's been about five days. It's just it's almost completely back to normal. So maybe when I, I mean I don't fly very often. It's been it's been something like 23 years since the last time I've flown anywhere. Chances are I'm not going to be flying anywhere anytime soon again. But okay. Uh, uh, I, I will say that though I might bring it up. If I remember to, next time I go to get a physical, just talk to my doctor or my, my nurse practitioner about it and just say, what, what's going on here? Is there something else I can do? But luckily, I, like I said, I don't fly a lot. Uh, okay, so since I haven't flown for something like 23 years, things have changed in the flying game. You know, there's the security theater you have to go through these days. So when Amy and Hayden, they brought me out uh, to the airport on, it was Thursday night, and uh, so they got me there in plenty of time. Uh, I made a few rookie errors, uh, got in the security line right away, and I got in the wrong line in the security area right away. It was a shorter line, so I got to the security guy and I gave him my, my paperwork and my ID, and he said, oh, no, no, you've you got to go and get your boarding pass. you got to go to check in at Sun Country. And I said, oh, oh, sorry. And I said, so, that, you know, that's okay. So off I went, got in another line, uh, to get to Sun Country, which has all the serpentine stuff set up, you know, with the stanchions and straps and all that. So they had all that set up. And the line spilled out into the main hallway. And there's a lot of people lined up. And I thought, oh boy, this might take a while. And I I wasn't sure, because I, I had I tapped the guy in front of me. I asked this question. He was, uh, he, he and his young wife and, you know, the young guys, young, young couple with their kid. And I said, this might be a dumb question, but... Um, does this line feed all the counters up ahead? Because it wasn't just Sun Country up there. It was Icelander and a couple other uh, airlines. And he said, yes. And he says, don't worry, it's confusing. We asked about it ourselves. And I said, okay. So I, I get about a third of the way into the Serpentine when I realize, wait a minute. Sun Country has its own line over there. I noticed it at this point. And it was much shorter. So I said, I think I am in the wrong line. So I got in that, got my boarding pass, and got through security. Um, only minor error there. With I forgot to take my wallet out of my pocket. That was not minor. And they go in for the full body scan, and they do that thing. You know, you put your hands up, and then you and you come out, and the security guy says to me, "What have you got in your left front pocket?" So I put my hand in my left front pocket, and I, I had cleared them all out except I had a gum wrapper. And it has that little aluminum foil on it, so that showed up. So I said, uh, oh, it's just a gum wrapper. So I got a pat down, and I said to him, uh, and he said, okay, you can go. I said, uh, what, no full body cavity search? 
He said, no, no, that's not necessary. Pat down's fine. I said, you sure you don't want to do a full body cavity search? And he said, no, no, you, you can go. You can go. But, but come on. Don't you? I mean, come on. I, I'm, I'm early. I got time. You don't want to do one? No. Go. And I said, okay, fine. You don't want to check me out? Fine. So I make my way down to the gate. And find the gate, go to the bathroom. You know, not at the gate. I go to the, find the restroom. And... Um, there was a little bar near there that uh, had a had a ball game playing, so I sat there for a little bit. And I figured flights uh, take supposed to take off at nine o'clock. It was about eight o'clock. It was before. It was like seven thirty or something like that. And I thought I'll sit at this little bar, watch a ball game till eight o'clock. Then I'll go to the gate and and I'll be there in time and ready. And which is what I did. So I'm sitting <coughs> at the uh, gathering area at the gate, gate H five, just to give you some needless information. And sitting directly in front of me, facing me, are uh, two women. Uh, the the younger one is a woman about my age, give or take, and the and then the other woman is an older woman. And I took them to be you know, mother and daughter. That's just kind of that's the vibe I was getting. And I think we just smiled at each other and nodded. And then they start calling for the boarding of the plane. <clears throat> and they said, uh, you know, people in zone one, zone one can come up. So <clears throat> I'm looking at my boarding pass. I'm where the hell is zone? What zone am I in? Well, there's no zone in here. They'd marked the seat. They'd marked the gate, but they didn't mark the zone. And I look across to these two women, and they're doing the same thing. The younger one finds it, and then they say, you know, they kind of indicate to me or they whatever. We, we kind of realized together that we found the zone, and I made some comment, and they chuckled, and they made, you know, whatever. So we get on the plane, fly out, no problem. And, and this is the thing. You take off. And I think to myself, in your face, Abraham Lincoln, you never got to fly. That's what I think. And I did that, I think I did that the last time I went flying somewhere. And I don't know why I pick on Abraham Lincoln. It's just some, some historical figure, uh, a great person that's known through history and, and never got a chance to fly. And I'm pretty sure Abraham Lincoln never did fly. Maybe in a hot air balloon, maybe, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. And you know, it's, so it's just, it's just like, I get to fly. I'm not important. No one's going to remember me, but I got to fly. That's cool. And it took less than four hours to get to California. So when we're landing, I'm thinking to myself, eat your hearts or legs or arms or whatever out, uh, Donner Party. I got to California in four hours. Huh? Huh? You know, that's, I'm, I'm just a cruel person. The Donner Party, how long did it take them to get to California? And they had to eat some people to, in order to survive. I got to fly. And I mean, hey, science, technology, that's how it works. All right, so get to California, hook up with the guys at the airport. Uh, I, I give Amy a message that I'm there, and I said, uh, she said, Who's your who are you with? And I said, I'm with Michael and Douglas and Doug. And she says, who is Doug? Are you in the trunk of the car? That was kind of funny. And I said, Doug is an old friend of Michael's. And so we get in late. We get our place to sleep uh, and, and, and all that. And uh, it's, it's, it's a, the, the Michael has a really nice house. It's a Rambler. It's got an attached garage. And on the, on the back side of the garage, uh, there's a laundry room and a media room, an office and a storage room. And so the media room and the office were converted into bedrooms, one for Douglas and one for me. And, uh, and that was great. And the next morning, <clears throat> now I knew more people were coming. I knew he, that Michael had said he was going to have, you know, his friend, his friend Doug was going to be there, and there was going to be other people there. His son from a previous marriage was going to be there, and and his grandkids, and his, you know, and his daughter-in-law, and there's going to be other people there. And so I didn't know exactly how many people were going to be there <clears throat> at this point. I get up, <clears throat> I go into the living room, I open the door, and there's a dozen people in there, and they all said in unison. Good morning, Jim, or something like that. And I just went, ugh. <laughs> I slowly went back into the garage and closed the door, waited a beat, and then went back into the living room. And they all chuckled and thought that was funny. So <clears throat> this was in the morning, and I'm sitting at the table and talking with people and getting to know the group that was there and all that. And I look outside onto the patio in the backyard, and this is cool thing. Uh, well, that's cool thing number two. Cool thing number one would be uh, uh, the flight. <laughs> Flying is cool, right? That's cool thing number one. 
and and cool thing number two, I look out and I see a lizard crawling along their their retaining wall. And I went, there's a lizard, and to them. You know, I made this point to them. It says, it must be like squirrels to you guys, like squirrels back here in Minnesota. I mean, we see them. We don't get excited about them because, well, we see them all the time. And and so so lizards must be like, the, you know, must be like squirrels to Californians. And they said, well, we got squirrels too, which may be true, but I didn't see a squirrel the entire time I was there. I did see lizards, and that was cool. And I, they, they might be, and I tried to look up and see what pot, what kind of lizards they might have been. Uh, I think it's up a northwestern fence lizard, maybe. But you know, never. It was really cool, and they they told me that when you see the male, when you see one of them doing a like what looks like push-ups, and it's kind of a jerky up and down motion, they push themselves up and they lower themselves. That's the male trying to impress the female. Yeah, look at how many push-ups I can do, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so that was cool thing number one. Anyway, uh, before I keep rolling and I'm gonna roll through this I'm gonna to try to go quickly uh, I'm gonna take a break you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons I'll return with more of my trip to California talk uh, in, a, in just a bit Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio. I'm telling you about my trip to California. So, where it's the first day. It's a Douglas got there um, earlier in the in the day uh, from when I got there, and um, and that's so now everybody's gathered together. There's 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 a total of 15 of us there, and Michael had the brilliant idea of renting a, a passenger van that could accommodate 15 people. And uh, so, then why was he doing that? Because the day, of, of Friday, the, tr- the 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 main attraction of the day was to go to Lake Tahoe, which was about a 45-minute drive from there, and uh, up in the mountains. And we're already at a, a little bit of an elevation there, a little different from the Twin Cities. And then we go up into the mountains there. So we knew it was going to be cool. The sun was out. There was sun the whole weekend. No, barely any clouds, and 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 it it was warm in the sun. I brought my. Uh, a sweatshirt. I brought a sweatshirt along just in case I'd need it. But as soon as we we got out to uh, uh, Lake Tahoe, uh, stepped outside the van, it's just oh this one. I don't need this. You know I don't need this. No humidity. It does not that it never gets humid in California, but it's it's usually there's there's no humidity. They talked to they 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 knew about Minnesota. Says you guys get humid though, don't you? And I said oh yeah, we get we get the humidity. So. <clears throat> 
I left the, the the sweatshirt. I left it on my on my seat, and so that we go out and we take a look at uh, this portion of Lake Tahoe that's called Emerald Bay. Beautiful, the beautiful green to that little bay, and there's a little island there. I think it's called Wizard Island. There's a building that's built on there by some woman in the, the in 1929 or something, and it's just this wonderful looking lake, just surrounded by mountains. Now, part of the reason why Michael wanted to take me out to see Lake Tahoe is because some during our relationship online, uh, I had the temerity to um, to poke fun at the idea that California has lakes. They've got some, but most of them, or half of them, are man-made lakes, and they're essentially reservoirs. That's not a lake. If, it's had, if a man had to make it, it's not a lake. <laughs> um, and if it's not nature-made, I mean, we're from Minnesota, you know, land of 10,000 lakes. In fact, we've got 15,000 lakes here, but it's a Minnesota thing to say not be too braggy. So let's cut it down to 10,000. So I, so he was, he took, a, he took a little, you know, umbrage at that. So he says, okay, I'll show you a lake, and he brought, me, you know, brought us out to Lake Tahoe, and I gotta say, I gotta tell you, I've seen lots of lakes. I've seen Lake Superior. I've seen Lake Michigan. I've seen the Salt, the Great Salt Lake. That's not in Minnesota, but you know I've seen it. Lake Michigan isn't in Minnesota either, but I've seen it. Uh, lake Malax is a lake in Minnesota that's huge, uh, not as huge as Lake Superior. I've seen Lake Phelan, which is just three miles from where I live. I've seen lots of lakes. I've never seen. I've never been to a lake so beautiful. It was. I mean, it was amazing. Okay, um, so we made a uh, you know, couple, couple little stops along there to look at the lake. And then we, we went down to a little nature trail to walk around, which was really cool. And uh, there was a bee in the van. And uh, 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 Michael's son, Ryan, uh, grabbed, uh, you know, uh, grabbed some, uh, uh, something from one of his you know, pile of his kid's stuff, uh, some clothing item, and he used that to, to kill the bee. And uh, so, which so so drama over. So we get down to the walking pit trail, and we go around there. Now there's a cousin of Michael's named Karen. Now Ke Michael kept calling her Boogie. Uh, I think Boogie, Buggy, Boogie. I, I can't. I, I can't even think of it now. Uh, Michael will remind me. But um, kept calling her that, and she said, she you know when he's introducing her to me, and she'd say Karen. She, every time he'd say Buggy, I think he'd, she'd say Karen. And I said, I, I take it you would rather be called Karen. <laughs> and she's she's a little bit like Michael because Michael's very gregarious and uh, affable, uh, um, loud. He can he's got a booming voice. Uh, he's friendly. He's devious. He's got a good sense of humor. He likes to give you the needle. Uh, he's got all that kind of stuff. But he's fun and um, and he's and he's friendly. He's just 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 outgoing kind of a guy. And 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 you can tell that Karen is his cousin because she has some of the same things. We were walking along this this nature hike trail uh, along the stream that's really moving and I guess in the fall it gets filled with salmon and uh, I was standing next to uh, Karen's husband Tim who is a, a mild-mannered quiet fellow with a devious mind oh that'll come up if I can get to it and and Douglas so the three of us are standing there by this railing by the by the stream and these three older ladies come by and Karen had the idea to get the three old, older ladies to pose with us three guys and they looked at her like what why? And she says, oh, it'll be a great picture. Just go, you know, <laughs> and they did. And we found out they're from Ohio, and, and two of them were friends since they were in the first grade, and which was a long, long time, apparently. And, uh, you know, and it was just this, and I thought, how, how, I, I can see there's a connection, uh, a, a little bit of um, 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 uh, similarity between the cousins of Michael and Karen. I could see that. And Okay, so uh, that was fun. We did the nature trail, uh, nature, nature trail, and then we went to this restaurant that's down on the shore, of Lake Tahoe. And there, swimming in the lake along with the people, was a Canada goose. And there were like there were three or four other Canada Canada goose crawling around the beach. I mean, even there, the scourge of the of the Canada geese is showing up. I mean, at least here in Minnesota they have the decency to stay away from you. But there they're so acclimated to people, they're just walking along the beach, crapping on it, I'm sure, and getting in the water. And it says even here. Now, I discovered that on the lake at Lake Tahoe, even in the sun, it's nice and warm. In the shade, it's, it's cool to downright cold. I was, I was cold, and I, I didn't want... There's two reasons why I didn't want to go back to the van to get my sweatshirt. One was I couldn't find it. 
uh, it was I'm sure it was in there, but maybe it got knocked out on the road. And it, because when we got back into the van, I, I couldn't find where my sweatshirt was, and I figured, well, we'll figure out where it is, and if I've lost it, I've lost it. Uh, the other reason was I'm from Minnesota. I'm supposed to be able to handle the cold. <laughs> so I mean, you know, Michael's sitting next to me in the shade, in sh in, in in a t-shirt and shorts, and I'm sitting next to him in a, in the shade, in in the t-shirt and in longs, and yeah, I'm freezing, <laughs> almost. We met up with uh, um, a friend of Michael's girlfriend's uh, named Robin, and she moved out from New York out to out to Lake Tahoe. Uh, or near there, and she was telling us about the winter that she, that they went through there, where they got 45 feet of snow. 45 feet. You know, in Minnesota, in tw in the Twin Cities, the average snowfall is about 45 inches. That's insane. 45 feet. That's insane. And we talked about how that was insane. She said one day they got four feet, the next day they got four feet, and then the next day it was like two feet, and then it was a break, and then it was three feet. And it says, what do you, what, how, how do you, how do you function? It's insane, but they're in the mountains, and I guess that stuff kind of happens. And this was sort of a banner year for snow for them. Um, so uh, we, we had our meal, and we all piled back in the van to head back home. And I said, hey, has anybody seen uh, a black sweatshirt? Anybody seen it? And that's when Ryan looked over at me and went, oh, was that yours? I said, what? The, I, used, I used your sweatshirt to kill the bee. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. That's that's fine. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty much the first day. We get back to Michael's place and uh, we just hang out there, out on the patio, and and watch the lizards go around and and uh, tell stories and as you know, regale each other about how Michael and Douglas uh, and Douglas how we all met each other and and all that kind of stuff and get learned stuff about uh, uh, Michael's family and his friends. Tim. Karen's husband, Tim, had, did a, had done a hike up uh, Mount Whitney, which is the highest mountain, I guess, in the lower 48 states. And you can there's a hiking trail all the way up to the top. It's still it's like 14,000 something feet. Not everybody can do it. And he, I tell you, and I and I guess he had done it some years ago. And I told him, I said, well, you still look like you're in pretty good shape, and you could do it. And he said, well, no, it's just, I mean, he looked in really good shape. Doug. Uh, Michael's friend was was uh, uh, a weightlifter kind of a guy, so he was ripped, you know, really in good shape. They, they were great. Um, these two guys, you know, they, I think they were both. Um, I know they're both older than me. In fact, Doug, his birthday is the same day as mine, just two years earlier. So um, there was one thing that came up in the. In, in this, in, in I think in the first morning there in the breakfast, uh, either Doug brought it up or Tim brought it up or both of them brought it up. They talked to Douglas and I. Now Douglas is from upstate New York. I'm from Minnesota, and they asked us, "Why don't you guys have accents?" And I think Amy was even asking me, "What kind of accents are you hearing?" And I and I thought, "I'm not hearing any accents from them, the Californians." I didn't know what to expect, but. They said we don't we don't hear accents from you guys. I mean, they're expecting me to sound like I'm stepped out of the movie Fargo, I guess. And they said the only time they could catch an accent with me was when I would say Minnesota. They get that a little bit, but with Douglas, they got nothing, no kind of a New Yorker sort of accent. And he said, well, then maybe because of upstate's a little different, and you know, it's not necessarily you know New York City where that kind of happens. But when his friend, his girlfriend's friend Robin was there, she would talk, and there was a couple of moments where uh, Michael pointed us, oh. I I mean, catching a little accent with you when you say daughter and water. So it's like daughter, water. There was a little bit of that. But otherwise, you, you, we just weren't hearing accents. I wonder what it would be like because there was another fellow of our group uh, that uh, was that we were hoping to get out there, but he's, he would be coming from England. So that would be a little much to expect. I wonder if maybe he could, if he was there and listening to the, to us, if he could tease out differences in our accents or if we would just sound like you know generic americans you know, you know because we don't sound like southerners and we don't sound like we're from boston and you know we don't sound like we're from brooklyn you know so we don't have that but uh of, of course i put on my minnesota accent for them i said oh well you know there are those up there that do have the accent there and you know as you go up north in minnesota you're going to hear it a lot boy oh sure that's for you betcha you're going to hear that and it was a hit to put it on. In fact, so much so, Michael was so impressed by it that he had me busted out at least two more times <laughs> over the over the weekend when somebody new would be in his, he'd say, oh, do your Minnesota accent for him. 
which I did, you know, what am I, a performing monkey? Apparently I was. Well, I was on vacation. What do I care? So, um, uh, so then Saturday. Saturday is the day for the big brew fest. And uh, we had, you know, we had a breakfast and we had a, you know, then later on in the day we had some, 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 some good, you know, some uh, tri-top, tri tri-tip, tri-tip uh, 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 meat, which is some kind of steak. And it's marinated and it was really good. And I had like, like four or five helpings of it. I, I ate a bit over this weekend, over that weekend. And uh, so that was all in preparation to go into the brew fest. Now the brew fest, uh, uh, if you get the VIP tickets, which is what, or passes, which is what Michael procured for everybody. If you get the VIP, um, you get to go in an hour earlier than the, than the, the proletariat. They, they, the peasants have to wait for, for you know, an hour. So we get to go in at five. And they have to wait till six, and it runs until nine o'clock, and it's down the main street of downtown Placerville, which is this quaint-looking downtown, old-style America, quaint-looking shops and and such, and it's really cool. And and so, all down this block or this stretch of Main Street, which is, I don't know how many blocks it is, there'd be there'd be brewers that would come out, and they'd set up these booths, and you could go and you get it. You get a cup that can fit about six ounces in it, or something. You get a cup, and you get to you get to sample as much as you want, up and down that that stretch, as long as the beer holds out, or whatever they're whatever you're sampling. And uh, um, <clears throat> uh, I, <laughs> you know, I have my one beer a week, which I've got my one beer going here right now, and I had a lot of IPAs because I like hoppy beers I, I do and I would just ask for half the cup and I would skip a lot of places I was pacing myself I was drinking water at the same time I was just, I'm not gonna get drunk and I think over the course of that evening I had in about like three hours because I gave up at some point I said I'm done but over the course of that like three hours I may have had the equivalent of three beers maybe four somewhere in there it's hard to say so <clears throat> The morning of going out to the brew fest, um, the uh, the group, uh, you know, I, I, we were out having breakfast on the on the on the patio, and it was Michael and Douglas and I were at a table talking, and then everybody gets up and starts walking over to us, and that was the that was a first or maybe the second. Oh, this is it moment. Here they come. They're coming to kill us, Douglas. Here, they, This is going to happen. They're going to kill us. No, they came to give Michael some presents. Uh, one was a little inside joke, and the other other present they gave him was is this big hat that is shaped like a beer mug. And it says, emblazoned in big letters on there, it says, Got Beer? And they said, you got to wear that through it. And Michael was saying, well, I'll wear it for a little bit, but I, I it's going to be hot. I'm not going to wear this thing the whole time. <laughs> oh, contrary. Oh, contrary. Michael wore it. And it was a hit. It was a hit. People were coming up, taking selfies with him. They were asking where to get him. And he was joking with him. He said, well, I got him from the, you know, this guy. He points to his, his, uh, fr uh, his friend, his brother-in-law, Tim, or no, cousin-in-law, Tim. He said, he got it in San Diego. Give him 50 bucks. He'll get you one. You know, jokes like that. And then one fellow pulled him aside and said, I, I want to take your picture for the paper. And he took a picture of him and said, it'll be in the paper, whichever. I, I can't remember what's papers, uh, Mountain News, Mountain District News or something like that. So it was a hit, and not only that, but he he kept it on the whole time. Of course he did, <laughs> and but it, it so it was it was it was popular, and nobody else had one, and there was thousands of people there, and no one else had one. I would have thought somebody would, but it made it easy to find Michael in the crowds. Where is? Look for the got beer hat. Look for the oh, there he is. Now we did encounter one other person that had a similar hat. It was a it was a beer mug. But it didn't say got beer on it and he was one of the brewers he just happened to be going by and the two of them met up and shook hands and uh you know and uh, had joked with each other they you know they're both named michael apparently and the one the guy the other guy was saying it was his birthday that day we thought well it's possible but who knows so we get you go up one side of the block and then you come down the other right or, or street i should say it's, it's probably like three or four blocks i don't know and Michael, when we got down, to, got to the one end of it, Michael said, "We're going to keep going. I want to. I got to show something to Jim." And we couldn't take our beers with us. The security guy said, "No, no, just but just leave them on this table, guys. Just leave them on there, and uh, you can get them. I'll watch them." So he was real cool about it. So we walked along, and and it's Michael, and now another one of his friends came up, a fellow named Grant. 
uh, came up and he's with us and it's and it's uh, Douglas and I and we're heading down for I don't know what we're gonna go see and <clears throat> we we get to a you know well uh, uh, Douglas brings up the uh, the scene in Goodfellas where Robert De Niro has uh, uh, his character has uh, the wife of Ray Liotta I forget the name uh, 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 what's her name? I forget her name. Uh, has her walk down this alley to to pick out something from the warehouse. It's just just down the alley, just down there. Yeah, just just turn in there. So we we start saying that. So just just go there. Just turn there because this is it. This is they're taking us away. They're going to kill us now. He's going to have Grant help kill us. Well, no, he brought us out to see. He brought me out to see this marker on the building. A nice fancy marker for the Lincoln Highway. Now, if you haven't heard of the Lincoln Highway, it is it is sort of like Route 66, except it goes from uh, Times Square, New York, cuts across the center, dead across the almost the widest part of America, straight, straight across the center, from uh, from the new from Times Square in New York City to San Francisco, and it goes through a whole, all those states through there, right? And it happens to go through Placerville. And I saw this documentary on PBS some time ago, even before the idea of all of us getting together. And I, I was watching it. It was a fascinating little travel, travel log about this, this highway that I'd never heard of. And there's a part in there where they stop in Placerville. And I heard the name, and I went, hey, I know somebody who lives there. So I contacted Michael. I said, have you heard of this? He hadn't heard of it. But he took the time to find it so he could show it to me. And that was really cool. So that's that's another cool thing. I don't know. Is that cool thing number three? Yeah, that's cool thing number three. Okay. Um, the as I said, I crapped out at some point. We once we got back to the beer fest, picked up our cups, and started heading along. I hit maybe three more brewers. There probably was another dozen to go through, and, and I was working on my last one, and I just looked at the guys. I said, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and uh, and they respected that. They weren't going to force me in there. Well, okay, so it got, you know, everything's wrapping up. The brewers are running out of beer. That, that makes sense because there's so many people there. And our designated driver was there. That was Missy. Missy was the designated driver for our group. We had another designated driver for the other group. It came down in two vehicles. So we were safe. And, and so uh, we got back to their place. I, I went to my room to... Um, to chat with Amy for a little bit, just to catch her up on some stuff, and you know, just let her know what's going on. And then I rejoined the group on the patio. They were having 12-year-old scotch and ice cream. I had some ice cream. Uh, uh, Michael's son, Ryan, Ryan, tried to get me to have some, and I said, nope, I'm done. I'm not drinking anymore tonight. I'm done. <laughs> and and they, that was fine. They respected that. And this is when quiet, quiet mild-mannered Tim showed us that he had a little dark side to him. I'll tell you about that when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I, I shall return. After this, once this song gets playing... You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. When you travel 
And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I was going to, I was about to tell you about the deviousness, about the quiet darkness of, of Tim. Uh, so we're sitting out on the patio uh, talking with each other. Douglas was trying to explain the, um, the rules and how to play curling, the sport of curling. Uh, he, which he's been doing for like 18 years or something like that, and the, the it's it's difficult to explain the rules. Um, Michael's a little slow on the uptake. Maybe alcohol had something to do with it. I, I was teasing Douglas about you know not being able to tell us the rules because maybe alcohol had something to do with it. But really, I think we were all slow on it because alcohol had something to do with it. <laughs> and 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 Mike and Douglas might have been explaining it perfectly well, and we just were too dumb. Uh, too tipsy to 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 uh, to really grasp it, but okay. So once we moved past the uh, finer points of curling, Tim chimed in, <clears throat> and he says, uh, "You know, guys, you know we've been making this joke about the serial killer thing and and all that, and uh, well, um, uh, I need to tell you this. Uh, none of us here." actually knows Michael uh, we're all just actors he's hired in order to make you guys feel at ease before he kills you <laughs> you know I knew he was kidding but my heart skipped just a little it's like because uh-uh. just for a second there because he delivered it so well it's like okay and when I finally did go to bed, and uh, uh, I, I put on my headphones, I listened to some Spotify, just kind of ease into sleeping, and um, it did occur to me, whether whether seriously or jokingly, of uh, the, the the Tim and Michael come bursting into the room, and you know, jump me and you know, put their hand over my mouth and like, rrr, 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 and grab my arms and like. You know, either either really doing it to kill me, or you know. So I, I think this, this is it. So, um, but that didn't happen. Next morning, I get up uh, and and uh, uh, Michael and Tim are out on the patio talking, and I come out to sit with them and wait for the showers. You know, the shower to be available. Uh, somebody was in there, and uh, and I told them about my my moment of uh, worry. <laughs> when going to bed, he says, "I don't know." And it, it, this is at this point, I should make sure to point this out that uh, uh, I do have, uh, and Douglas has as well, Missy to thank, and I did thank her at the time because uh, she kept the 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 more drastic moments of terroristic behavior that Michael wanted to uh, uh, to uh, um, uh, uh, set upon. Douglas and I, she kept that at bay. <laughs> no, you're not doing that. <laughs> no, these are nice boys. You're not doing that. <laughs> uh, or, or however she stopped him. Uh, I think the first morning, Michael had suggested sending all the women of this of this group, you know, send half of them into Douglas's room, half of them into mine, so they just have them watch us as we wake up, <laughs> just to freak us out. <laughs> uh, but Missy put the kibosh on that, which I thanked her for. I said, thank you. <laughs> So much. Um, okay, so the <clears throat> so the plan for that Sunday. Now, most of the people that had been there were beginning to depart as the day would go on, um, and so uh, uh, we got to I don't know. It was like ten o'clock. No, it got to be after two, and the plan was to head back into Placerville, go back to return to the scene of the crime, the Brewfest, and check out some of the shops. There was a bookstore we wanted to check out. There was the hardware store we wanted to check out, and a couple other places, and uh, or at least one other place. So we did, and it, that 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 street had been cleaned up pretty nicely. I didn't notice any puddles of, of vomit, and you would think there'd be some. Uh, the trashes were still pretty packed, but you know, the places, you know, all the booths were gone, and it you know, they 
they'd done pretty well. So the first place we checked out was uh, uh, a bookstore called The Bookery. And it's just, it's a small bookstore. It's, it's like two storefronts next to each other. So, and it's kind of a maze. There's all these shelves of books and you go through and, and you work your way around. And uh, at some point, Michael comes up to me and he says, uh, come to the restroom with me, Jim. What? Come on, come to the restroom with me. And uh, that's my, ah, this is another, this is it. This is where it's going to happen. And I don't know, maybe I won't be murdered. Maybe uh, something else will happen. Maybe I'll be forced to do something. I don't know. What does Michael have in his mind? So I said, okay, in for a penny, in for a pound, why not? <laughs> so I go to the restroom with him. And uh, he opens up the door. And it's a, it's a one-seater. It's just a toilet with a sink, uh, a, a litter box for a cat, and then and it's kind of a, a bigger size restroom, and it's got a, sh uh, a, a shelf on one side with a microwave on it, and the walls are completely covered with bookmarks, and uh, the back of the door is covered with comic strips that have been cut out of the, the newspapers, and there's there's pictures from magazines, and there's co book covers, and also on the ceiling, it's just all over. And it's just really kind of neat looking. It's just, it's, it's, it, it, it kind of looks like the rest of the bookstore with all these books stores, uh, books on shelves. Kind of looks like that, but it's just you know it's just like the sp they would cut the spine off of a paperback or something and put that on there uh, on the wall and all that. Uh, of course, I will my show notes blog will probably be mostly pictures, so you can go to that by going to dimland.com and click on the blog option and you'll get to my show notes page. And I think it's going to be mostly pictures, so I'll be posting pictures of the stuff that I've talked about here. So, okay. Um, backtracking just slightly because I want to make sure I get this cool thing in. When we were having breakfast that Sunday morning, I noticed something on the wall of uh, Michael's house, Michael's and Missy's house. I, it, it, it was this green thing, and I looked at it, and I just kind of noticed I thought it was a moth at first, but the more I looked at it, I went, oh, holy shit, that's a praying mantis! And I went over, and it's this tiny, tiny praying mantis. I, it, it would stand on a quarter. That's how tiny it was, and it was, it was freaking cool. <laughs> I said, you know, we talked about the lizards and, and the kind of animals that that, that are around, and, and they asked, "Do you have lizards in Minnesota?" And I said, well, "Yeah, we got some somewhere, and we've got rattlesnakes in some part of the state, and all that." And, and we do, uh, but you know, they're not they're not as as ubiquitous as they are here, apparently. But we certainly don't have any praying mantises, at least not that I'm aware of. And it was, I mean, it's one of the coolest insects that there is. And the thing is, um, you know, we, we you know, I'll, I, I think I've got, I've got, I know I've got some video of us trying to, of Michael trying to get it to go up into his hand. Uh, and you can see the scale of it then. It's really small. Uh, but later, the, 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 the praying mantis is up higher on the wall and a spider finds it. And, I, and eventually the spider, you know, nature takes place and the spider attacks the praying mantis. I guess praying didn't help. And the mantis was, you know, was, was a goner. Circle of life, right? Uh, but, oh man, praying mantis, so cool. Okay, back to our day in going back to Placerville. So we, we, we check out the bookstore. The next place we went into was this place called uh, Maddie Wags. And it's kind of a frilly, more female, quote-unquote, female-type store. So I, I didn't have much interest in it. But Michael wanted to show us something in there. And it was a little magnet that he thought was had a clever statement on it, which I forget. Uh, a statement that kind of reflected his personality, which it did, but I forget what it was. Sorry. Uh, then we went, after that, we went to the, the hardware store. It's a functioning hardware store. It's an actual hardware store, but it does have a bit of the tourist stuff toward the front, but it's got, it's a big store. It goes way back, and it's got all kinds of tools and, and stuff that you need from a hardware store. Really cool. And it's, it's right, says it right on the wall outside. It is the oldest hardware store, existing hardware store, west of the Mississippi, established in 1852. Now, I was willing to accept that statement. I didn't feel my skepticism rising, but Douglas did. <laughs> but I think it was actually the needle he was trying to place. He says, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. It's probably the second oldest. Yeah, it's the second oldest. <laughs> but Douglas should know uh, that which is offered without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. So his saying it's the second oldest. Come on, he's just pulling out of his butt. But he was just giving Michael a hard time because that's what you do. 
that's where I got some souvenirs for Amy and Hayden. And uh, uh, so that was cool. Really cool um, um, hardware store. And then we went to this place called T.W. Bonkers, which is a candy store. And we checked that out. And my, uh, Douglas got to play some old uh, pinball machine, and they had some other old archive, uh, arcade games. They had uh, Donkey Kong and uh, Centipede. And they had all this interesting candy. And there was, at one point, uh, uh, Doug, uh, Michael was standing on the other side of this little low shelf. It's like a waist-high shelf or something with candy on it. And he's standing on the other side of it. And uh, he, shows, he takes up this bag of, of licorice, and it's this Australian soft gourmet licorice. I think it's called Wallabies or something. And I said, yeah, I like that stuff, but it's, you know, it's, you know what my favorite licorice is? I said, there's this licorice called Panda All Natural, and it has molasses. It uses molasses as a flavoring part for it, and I really love it. I've loved it since I was a kid. I love that licorice. And I come around to the side of the, of the, of the, of the display that Michael was standing on. I come around, and, I, and there's a bag of the Panda stuff. And I pick it up and say, here it is. <laughs> so I bought it, of course. Uh, and, but then it's got the disappointing, you know, non-GMO pledge on it, the little, the little logo they put on it. I say, oh, God, you know, I'm sorry. I, you know, I hate to give money to these people that are using this non-GMO gimmick to sell their product. This is bullshit. We need GMOs. If we're going to get 10 billion people living on this planet, we need GMOs. Okay? It's really, it's really convenient for those of you who have full stomachs to say, we don't want Frankenfood. Well, tell that to somebody who's starving. Tell that to some kid that's going blind because he's not getting enough vitamin A in his diet. Tell you know in India. Tell them that. You know, it's like it's just just shut up. You know, just learn about what's in the what GMOs really are. You know, it's genetically they're the same. It's the same stuff. Ugh. Except you know, except they can make golden rice, which is which is which is it increases the amount of vitamin A in 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 the rice which is a staple of the diet of people living in, in countries like India, which, which suffers from vitamin A deficiency. So you know, if you put it in their staple food, people are going to get more vitamin A in their diet, especially the children, and they won't go blind or they won't die. You know, so like, again, it's awfully convenient for somebody who's got a full stomach to tell other people what they can't eat. So shut up. All right, so anyway... Um, where was I <laughs> before I went on that rant? Uh, we head home, and Douglas and I took uh, the remainder of the group. We took them out for pizza as a thank you to uh, to Missy and to and to Michael. Uh, I, I I mentioned it to Douglas the day before. I said I think it might be a good idea if we spring for pizza. You know, we'll see who's left, and we'll just you know spring for pizza. And he said, Yeah, that's a good idea. So we did that. Um, and now it's time for me to go home. Uh, they. Uh, we were to drop off uh, uh, Doug first. His flight was uh, leaving first. He was going back down to Southern California, but we're leaving the same airport. So we all Douglas was leaving the next day. So we got we drop off Doug, and then Michael had one more stop for us. And so we went to an In-N-Out Burger. And I was, after pulling up to it, I was like, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> Because I was still full for the pizza, and he said, "You just you want to go. You'll want to say that you were at an In-N-Out Burger. You'll want to, but you know when they were driving us there, when Michael was at first, we didn't know where he was going, and he wasn't quite sure where he was going. But then he hit the idea of going to In-N-Out. But as we're driving along, he said, oh, this is it. This is it. You and Douglas are going to kill me.'" They didn't. They took me to the In-N-Out. And my, uh, Douglas had mentioned that he wanted to check out the In-N-Out Burger in California. He'd been to one in Arizona. Was a little disappointed in it. Wanted to check one out in California. Uh, which we did. And then it was time to take me to the airport. Got to the airport, plenty of time. Got to the gate. Uh, this time I knew where to check for the zone on the, on the, on the, pass, on the boarding pass. And, and this time the person who checked me in actually highlighted the zone that I was in, along with the seats and all that. Hey, why didn't the person in Minneapolis do that? Oh, well. Get on the plane, uh, get to my seat, and... I was sitting down, and uh, you know, I got two. I'm at the window seat, so there's two seats next to me on the other side. And um, in come these two women. Uh, the younger one is about my age, and the the older one is uh, you know older woman I take to be uh, you know mother and daughter. There, they sit next to me, and I look at them and I said, "Excuse me, uh, did you just fly out?" from Minneapolis Thursday night? 
And they said, yes. <laughs> These were the two women that were sitting across from me, confused about the, which zone we were in. And they said, they were. They looked at me. And said, "You remembered us from?" I said, "I said, well, I remember faces. I, I didn't. I didn't get into the. I'm a super recognizer. I remember faces. I don't always. I, I might not have recognized one or the other, or I might have been kind of ah, that person seems familiar. But the fact that they came back as two, I, you know, that that made it easier for me to pinpoint exactly where I'd seen them before." And it's, it was just it was just one of those cool things. And they asked me about my trip, and I told them a, a few of the, a couple of the highlights, and, and I ate a lot of food and all that. And I asked them how their trip was, and they said, "Well, it wasn't as nice as yours. Uh, they were they were in California for a funeral." Which I said, "Well, I'm sorry," and, and all that. And then we flew on home. Uh, it was a the red eye flight, so I get we I got back to uh, to Minnesota. Wheels touched down at at five oh six. A.M. Monday morning. Make my way to the parking garage. I had to call Amy. Are you here? Where are you? And she told me where they were. So I went, and she and Hayden had had gotten up and you know come out to get me. And uh, uh, drive home. I told them a couple of things on the drive home. Uh, got home. I sat. We said, let's not go to bed just yet, or back to bed just yet. Um, I want to give you out some some stuff. And I gave them their, their things and told them a couple other deals. By about 6 in the morning, I got climbed into bed to get some sleep. Uh, at about 20 after 10, I was awoken by Amy sleep, talking in her sleep, which she does on occasion. The cat outside the bedroom door vomiting on the carpet, which she does on occasion. And road work starting up outside the bedroom door. Or in the bedroom window, road work, going out in the street, and I thought, "Welcome home, Jim." <laughs> um, it was it was a really good trip. Uh, I do have to thank Michael and Missy. Uh, they were great hosts. I couldn't I couldn't hope for better hosts. They had good food and they had stuff to to do, but they also allowed for some downtime and and Missy kept Michael from terrorizing us too much and uh, it was it was great fun. Uh, the people that I met there, I didn't mention everybody that was there, but they were all very nice and it was very fun and we played games and we sat and talked and checked some sites and all that kind of things, which I, you know, I didn't get everything that I did out there to you, but uh, I figured I didn't want to <laughs> get too into detail. But uh, again, I, my my deepest thanks to uh, to Michael and to Missy. They were fantastic hosts. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, and, you know, I went through the show. I had several cool things to bring up to you guys. I hope that you've had at least, I don't know, three, four, five, six cool things. I had a lot of cool things happen last weekend. So I hope you've had Good that too. Night. Uh, Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, come to the end of the show. I hope you didn't mind the stories about the vacation. Uh, well, be skeptical. Remember that uh, you know extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And uh, also remember to sleep with the lights off. Yeah, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Did I say that? See you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.